The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. I'm so grateful to be here with you today in this second Adventure in Faith Sunday. I love Adventure in Faith. I love that phrase because I feel like life is an adventure in faith, isn't it? It's a constant adventure. And it's an opportunity for us to exercise our faith-filled living every moment of our lives. And so as we started last week, uh, our wonderful theme this year for Adventure in Faith was launched by Reverend Josh, and he gave a talk called, Are We There Yet?, and talked about how to launch adventures and how to step into different adventures in our life. And today, my message is entitled, You Are Here. And every time I thought about it, I thought about that, the map in the mall where you stand and look and it says you are here and then tells you where you want to go and I'm constantly trying to figure out how to put it in my head and understand which way to get to where I want to go from that, that map. And so that can be kind of confusing, I think, at times. And yet, there's great wisdom in that phrase right there, you are here, be here now. Be right here. This past Wednesday, Dr. Deepak Chopra was here, and uh, we had a sold-out crowd in this room. It was great, wasn't it, for those of us who were here? He did a wonderful job. He did a wonderful job giving my talk today. He gave my whole talk. <laughs> but he kept asking us at the end, because it was all about being present, as I said at the beginning of the, of the service, and he kept asking us, are you present? And the first time he asked, we all went, yes. And he said, I'd like more enthusiasm, please. Are you present? Yes. And so I went out from that message thinking, okay, am I present? Yes. And walking through my life in various experiences saying, am I present right now? And if I got a no, challenging myself to get present. And that's what we get to do on this adventure. In our life, through all of the conditions and circumstances and moments of life, to challenge ourselves to get present, to wake up and be present. And literally, to be present is to be awake. And he talked about, Deepak talked about enlightenment and being in the light and being present in the light of awakenedness in every moment of our life, not walking through life unconsciously and, and not being asleep at the wheel. I was thinking the other day as I was driving my car, gosh, what would happen if I fell asleep at the wheel here? It wouldn't be pretty at all, would it? I, I would probably veer off the road. I might cause an accident. I might uh, be focused on the past as if I was looking in my rearview mirror the whole time I was driving and not looking ahead. If I wasn't really paying attention to where I wasn't going, if I wasn't being right here, right now as I drove my car. And I think the same is true. That metaphor holds true for us in our life. There is wisdom to be right here here, right now, in the midst of whatever is going on, and to be awake, to be fully awake. Deepak reminded us that the name Buddha, that the Buddha talked about awakenedness, and that his name literally means one who is awake. 
And the master teacher, Jesus, used to urge his followers to stay awake. He would tell us that the kingdom of heaven is not something that's far off in the future. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here, right now. And we talked at Easter about as he was in the garden of Gethsemane getting ready to walk into what he knew was the end of his days on earth. He urged his disciples, stay awake with me. Stay awake with me. I don't think it was just so that he could have companionship. He was saying, even when it gets dark, stay awake. Stay awake. And so we get to notice on our adventures when we're tempted to check out, when we're tempted not to stay awake. And a lot of times, for most of us, the most challenging thing about staying awake is managing the chatter that's going on in our mind all the time that is either almost always calling us to reflect upon the past or to project into the future. Not always being willing to be right here, right now. In this past week, I I reviewed the works of Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, that wonderful book that came out many years ago and took the world by storm, and many of us were in study groups about it, and I was rereading that work, and I would say if, if you feel challenged being in the now moment, that might be a good review to step into the power of now. So many beautiful examples and things that he says, and he talks about this mind that is constantly going, 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 and how we are addicted to thinking. We are addicted to thinking, 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 and not stopping to just be. And he says, he gave an example of a lot of times we may find ourselves seeing someone who is wandering through the world who is possibly homeless or is having some mental health issues, and they will talk to themselves talk to themselves constantly as they're walking along. And he says we might be prone to feel badly for them or even have pity for them, but he says the reality is that's us. We're constantly talking to ourselves. Maybe not out loud, but just notice for a minute, walking through our life. Well, I wonder if the Bronco's going to win. What time is it? Where should I go now? What's happening over there? What is she thinking? Why did he look at me that way? I wonder what it's going to end. I wonder what we're going to have for dinner. For, what should I cook for dinner? Where should, it just this constant chitter-chatter, chitter-chatter, back and forth. A gentleman told me at the, after the first service that he was down at the, the recent lungar we did, and there was a homeless man talking to his burrito. And Taylor said to me, sometimes I, as I looked at him, I thought, how often do I talk to my burrito? (laughs) I'm always talking to myself, always jibber-jabbering. And so the key with this is to begin to notice that as we walk into the adventures of our life, the most joyous adventures and the most challenging adventures, that our greatest gift, our superpower, is our ability to quiet our mind Become mindful and get present. To get present to the now moment, to get right here, right now, and to be able to say to ourselves, I'm right here. I'm right here, right now. There is power in that, and it can take practice because we do jibber-jabber so much. We've got to awaken ourselves 
to that inner process and awaken ourselves to the deeper part of us that's behind the addictive mind, that is the presence. We have to get present to get presence. And so the mindfulness techniques that people talk about and the reason that mindfulness is the number one search on the internet right now is that we know this about ourselves. And so we have to practice mindfulness. Eckhart says to us, we have to find ways, techniques, and he suggests walking up a flight of stairs and just getting, using those stairs as a cue to remind us to get mindful. Every time we walk through a door to get mindful. Every time we get in our car, definitely to get mindful, to just say, I'm right here, I'm right now. Just take a deep breath and practice the presence. Practice staying present. I think that's one of the reasons that many of us come to places like this, to church and presentations. Everything that invites us into practicing the presence is in this room, the presence of other people, the opportunity to to set aside and let go of things as we walk through those doors and step right into this space with other beloveds in our community. Music, I use music a lot to get fully present and just either listen to music or chant because the mental chatter tends to fall away as I listen to music. To pray and meditate is a part of what we do to get present. So when we pray and meditate in our service, it's an invitation for each one of us to get present. As someone speaks on a Sunday morning and and gives a talk, it's to invite us all to get present. Because it's not what I am saying right now that is the transforming factor for anyone in this room. It's what you're saying to yourself right now. And if you're sitting here and your mental chatter is, what time is the Bronco game? Take a deep breath and get present. (laughs) But really, the getting presence is that there's a presence that begins to emerge for us as we come together here that says, yes, yes. I can feel that and sense that. I know that as I stand here, every time I get an opportunity to speak, it is something that allows me to fully inhabit the presence because I can't be up here speaking to you and be thinking about the talk I gave last weekend, can I? I have to be right here, right now. I can't be up here speaking and be wondering about what's going to happen at the 12 o'clock service. I've got to be fully present and ready with the material that I brought and ready for whatever happens as it emerges through me and be fully present. And together in church, we get to be fully present in this now moment. And as we go forth from this place, then to be encouraged to continue to practice the presence in our own spiritual practice, in our own meditation, in our gratitude practices. I find that gratitude helps me get very, very present. I also find, and this isn't always the most pleasant thing to discover, but I've discovered that even my most challenging moments in life encourage me to get really present. When there's a crisis, when there's a challenge before me, I notice for myself, that everything falls away and I find myself very present. And I've often wondered, I think there are so many gifts and possibilities that come with the challenges that we face in our lives, and I wonder if one of the greatest gifts of those challenges might be an inner invitation, wake up. 
Some spiritual leaders call these challenges the cosmic two-by-fours that come our way, right? The great challenges that snap us. Oh, gosh, I wasn't paying attention to my health. I wasn't paying attention to my beloved. I was, I was taking something for granted or I wasn't listening. And a challenge that wakes me up and shakes me into a different presence allows me then to bring the fullness of who I am into my experience, to inhabit this adventure with all that I am. A few weeks ago, it was September 25th, I was uh, getting on a plane to travel to a ministerial school conference with all the ministerial students and deans from all of our schools. And my husband told me before I left that there was a spiritual leader somewhere in the world who had predicted that, that September 25th was going to be the last day of the earth, that we were all going to die that day. I don't think that happened because as far as I can tell right now, we're all here, unless we're just imagining this, but we are all here right now. But as I got on that plane... I experienced something as I was thinking about this that was interesting to me, and that is that I I tend to be one of those people that if I hear something three times, I pay attention to it. It's like synchronicity. It's not really a superstition. It feels like the synchronicity of my own soul's journey. And so if someone suggests a book to me three times, then I pay more attention. Or if someone suggests I try something or I call someone, or I, I, can, I pay more attention to it. And so as I'm getting on this plane thinking about, wow, that's interesting that this world leader thought it was going to be the last day on earth, uh, I talked to my husband, and my memory was, as, as he hung up, he said, okay, see you on the other side. And I went, whoa. Because <laughs> to me, the other side is like stepping off the earth plane. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And I got in line to get on the plane, and a woman was standing in line, and she was talking to a friend, and as she went to go down the plane, she turned and looked at her friend and said, okay, see you on the other side. And I went, oh, that's twice now. And so I'm getting on the plane very gingerly, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, use your intuition. Am I supposed to not get on this plane today? And everything in me said, nope, you're supposed to be on the plane. And so I sat down, and I was very hypervigilant. I was awake, I'll tell you. I was really awake. And I thought, well, what if I did hear it again? And even more profoundly, what if it is my last day on the earth plane, whether it's through this plane that I'm about to take off on or something else, something just came over me and I began to say, what if this is it? And I noticed something significant that I didn't feel afraid. I thought that was interesting. I felt like, well, okay. If, that, if this is it, this is it. Just just be present. And I was very present to the people on the plane and to my experience on the plane and to myself. And then I said to myself, if this is it, would I have any regrets? And I found it fascinating that I didn't notice any regrets like, oh, I wish I would have gone left instead I went right, or I wish I would have done this. The regret that just welled up within me was I would regret not allowing the love that lives in this universe to inhabit my being more, to not feel it, to not, that song, you are loved. 
I would regret not remembering the love every day in every moment of my life. That's what I woke up to on that plane that day. And I thought to myself, I don't want to forget that. I could feel how the Talmud says that every blade of grass has an angel standing over it, chanting, grow, grow, grow. And I think that what we miss through our monkey mind and our not being present and our not doing our spiritual practice and our not taking the opportunities to, to move beyond that monkey chatter into the presence is we miss the universe's constant chant to us. You're loved. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep listening. Keep moving. You are so loved. And we are so loved that this life says to us, be who you want to be. Live your life. Make your choices. Be present to the love that is seeking to live itself in you, through you, as you. You are loved. And I predict for each one of us that at the end, end of our moments here on this earth, that if we have not spent this time awake and alert to allowing ourselves to inhabit divine love and be inhabited by it, that might be the only thing we'll regret. And what it takes is this conscious choice now. Now, today, to say, I'm going to be totally present I'm going to be present to the love. I'm going to feel it. And when I get discouraged or when I I feel I can't be present, I'm going to let love lead the way. I'm going to let the love that is the core of my being guide me forth into the next steps in my journey. And that brings us into the kingdom of heaven. That is the kingdom of heaven. That is what is at hand. That is what is calling to each one of us. And that is what is behind the the illusion that our monkey chatter matters. And so we begin to learn to get present to that through our practices. And we begin to to seek to let go of the past and our, our connections to the past that keep us afraid or keep us disconnected from that truth. So important to let that go. I remember watching a movie once where one of the main characters had his heart broken by a woman. And as he was recounting his pain to his friend, his friend kept saying, you got to let it go. You got to move on. You got to let it go. And he said, I can't let it go because it's the only way I can stay connected to her. And if this pain is what's going to keep me connected to her, I'm hanging on to the pain. And I thought to myself, wow. If we want to be free of the pain of our past, we've got to be willing to let that go, to let it fall away. And a lot of the people in our past we may want to stay connected to, people who've gone off to the other side or who've moved out of our lives, but a lot of it is people that we really don't want to stay connected to from our past. And we keep recounting our pain and hanging on to our pain and using our pain as the the sight that we see through as we make a decision about our lives as we're walking forth. Well, remember what happened last time you got really hurt. 
Remember what happened last time. You didn't do so well. And the past is good for information purposes, kind of like, you know, last time you went to Target, you turned left, you should have turned right, and you got lost. Remember to turn right. That's what it's good for, right? The last time you fell in love, you made that mistake. Don't make that mistake. Let's keep going. That's what it's powerfully good for. It's not that we just throw it out. But what happens to many of us is that we let the past lead the now moment. And so as we're walking forward, the past is with us. It's like a shadow that's haunting us. So we have to make peace with our past and learn to let go. And we have to move forward from the now moment, this now moment, not the the projection of the future of where we're going to be, but this now moment. And when I feel into that, I can feel how my GPS guides me around town. That when I turn on my GPS and say, I want to go to Target, it never says to me, well, you know, a couple days ago, you went and had a massage. Don't you want to go there instead? Let's go to the past. And it never says to me, you know, you really want to go to Hawaii someday. Why don't I take you to Hawaii instead? I get to be right here, right now, using my GPS and moving forward with every step, staying present, saying I'm right here right now. I'm on this street. This is what's happening right now. This is who's with me right now. This is what's going on right now in full acceptance of the now moment as I move through my life. And I will encounter challenges. And I will fall. And I will not like every moment of it. And I won't like every part of the journey. But here's what's available when I surrender to that deeper presence within me, that love. It is my strength. It is my guidance. It is my highest self. It is my most creative and balanced part of me that allows me to make decisions and choices that are powerful and magnificent. And it is what each one of us is yearning for as we walk through the steps of our life, being fully present. I'd like to close with a reading from a poet. We used to have this poet poem in our uh, courses. I don't know that we do anymore. It's by Portia Nelson. Many of you might be familiar with it. An autobiography in five chapters. Chapter one. I walk down the street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm hopeless. It isn't my fault. It takes forever to find a way out. Chapter two, I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter three, I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in. It's a habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter four, I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. And chapter five, I walk down a different street. I love that because it's about what happens when we get present. We fall into holes, but we wake up, and the minute we wake up, we make different choices.
Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.